Joseph Tedai, author of Lone Operator, who's been on here a lot, but you were just telling me about your course, Wetsy, and we talked about that a little before. I don't think we've talked about it before on the podcast, so let's just jump into that. You said you, I know that's why I didn't do it last week is because you were working on that, but yep. um, yeah, dude, how's it going so far? Dude, we ran our first class last weekend. It um, started Friday morning, uh, at 9 a.m. The students arrived, and they were there Friday night, Saturday night, and left Sunday. Um Grand Slam home run. What was crazy, Tom, is we had the most eclectic group of people I think I've ever been in a class with. We had two anesthesiologists, a commercial fisherman whose boat sank out from underneath them, which is a cool story, uh, a nurse, a husband and wife um, who were, uh, the husband's actually a preacher, um, two prior military guys, a dude that installed HVAC. I mean, it was white collar blue collar mix it's really eclectic group of 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 folks um and then a, another woman there's actually two ladies in the class um from all over arizona california pennsylvania they flew in from everywhere but anyway um what a cool course dude i i'll be honest with you i was blown away um obviously i've got about eight pages of notes you know you're always morphing things and making mm -hmm. things better you know, I should have had one of these or two of these, whatever the case may be. But for the most part, dude, people were blown away. I don't want to get into too much detail about the course, um, but um, I can tell you this. The last module was um, apprehension avoidance and hostage um, survival. And we had some tears flowing, dude. Jesus. We had some tears flowing for sure. Jesus. Um very intense they said they'd never experienced anything like that in their life um and that was the whole purpose of it yeah was to give them an experience on this is not where you want to be yeah once you get to this point yeah you're, you're pretty much screwed yeah well, yeah once the autopilot's saying terrain pull up terrain pull up then the plane's yeah, going into the it's, mountain yeah, yeah it's it's really bad so we got that going uh, we got another class in april this book solid um, and now I'm just looking for locations to do this because uh, the last location was at a Boy Scout camp. Mm -hmm. um, and now the Boy Scouts are going to start coming and you can't run a course with a Boy Scout. I, I get it. They don't want to co-mingle people. Yeah. So, um, so I'm looking for other locations. But that's that's not a problem. That's a good problem to have. Yeah. But um, so it, it went great, man. Um, went really, really cool. And um, the weather was beautiful. Range time was beautiful. Um and then also I'm, I'm what I'm doing. And matter of fact, as soon as I get off the phone with you, I'm doing a, a it's going to be about a 210 page manual of all of the information that was covered. So that way, when the students go home, they don't go, oh, damn, what did he think? Something about the Oda loop and, you know, about auditory is yeah. faster than visual. It's all going to be in there. Okay. Okay. So, um, I'm working on it right now. It should be done. I mean, I've been working on it for six months, pretty much, since we started thinking about doing this course. Uh, but now I'm putting it all dress right dress, everything in the same font, everything's, you know, all sure. that stuff to make it look pretty. And then uh, my first Intel report oh, is shit. coming out today. That's me. Um, on Sunday. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so in uh, the first report um, is going to be on... Um, what we and I've got a couple people working on on this with me, but the first report is going to be on what we consider the the biggest internal threat to the country, mm -hmm. 
then next Sunday's is going to be the greatest external threat. And then we're going to start getting the other stuff. But we wanted to get these two things out of the way first, Tom. Dude, you know as well as I do. People watch the news. It's slanted. None of the stuff is slanted. None of this is slanted. And some of it I don't even want to post and report because I don't like it. Mm -hmm. But it's the facts. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's this. This is facts. This is a hyperbole or, you know, my opinion or somebody else's opinion. This is all source verified. You know, like this is fact. Yeah. If it ain't fact, we're not reporting it. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, well, it's kind of like the doctor. You know, the doctor that's not nice to you tells you, it's like, hey, man, you're fat and you smoke cigarettes and you eat McDonald's. You're probably not going to survive to your daughter's wedding. No one wants right. to hear that. But I mean, like, right. that's, the, you know, that's the shit you need to hear. Yes. And unfortunately, that's going to be in some of our reports. But that's that's why we're doing this. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, uh, nonpartisan, unbiased. Mm-hmm facts mm-hmm. like it's not cnn fox we're data mining stuff and then we're source verifying it through a four-phase process and at the end if it comes out one plus one plus one plus one is four mm-hmm. and it's yeah yeah so yeah. um so that comes out today we're probably going to be posting it uh here in the next mm, two hours um and so um it's a subscription base mm-hmm. Uh, service nine ninety nine a month, and you get four reports a month every Sunday for the week ending weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's something I wanted to do. And because um, I'm sick of watching the news, dude, mm-hmm. I'm just so sick of it, man. I I can't stand it. it everything is so politically slanted and so. Um, well, it's not. It's not. It's not. In, uh, it doesn't. And for the record, for everybody listening, this is. I'm not I'm not associated with with uh, with Ted Eye's uh, Intel reports. I don't get anything from this. Um, but but for, yeah, it's it's I just don't want people to think I'm pocketing off this. But no, it's I mean, it's the news. It's like I, I don't mind if it's slanted like, you know, I'm an adult, you know, just like you can go into social circles and hear people gossiping about your friends like, yeah, right. whatever, yeah for, sure. Whatever. Fuck it. You know, water off a duck's back. Get over it. But right. when you're actually looking for. Uh, an image of how the world is well then it goes from it's not that I mind you know well Donald Trump this or Joe Biden that it's like can I actually get like what's can you just tell me what's going on I don't care which politician you like what's going on in the South China Sea what's going on in Portland what's going on here and you can't even get that so it's it's not so you can plan Tom and Mm -hmm. that's the whole reason our subscribers I'm doing this um, for them so they can plan Mm -hmm. These aren't stupid people. They uh-huh. just don't have time to data mine all this information. It takes hours and hours and hours, and you know that. Yeah. Um, so these are just people that want to know the facts. Give it to me straight. You know, we're going to talk about you know the, the you know the stock market in some of our reports. So we're going to talk about you know sometimes uh, all kinds of different whatever is pertinent that week. Uh-huh. You know, because you know I was a stockbroker. You know, uh-huh. I, I trade cyber currency. I can talk about Bitcoin. I mean. So a lot of people are like, Bit what? Never, you know, I mean, we're going to get into all that stuff, but it's going to be from a factual basis, not hyperbole and hype, you know, hey, buy this coin because I own it. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be none of that crap. None of it. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, policy and what's going on and threats, internal threats that are going on and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and stuff like that. So uh, and it's going to be very short, concise paragraphs, not like reading a freaking newspaper. Mm-hmm. People don't have time for that. It's going to be like boom, 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 boom. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Very easy to read, very easy to digest. 
uh, probably take at the max five minutes to read the whole report. Fuck yeah. Because that's what people today don't have time, especially on a Sunday. They're with their families. Now, granted, they'll be getting it on a Sunday. They may meet it, read it Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, mm-hmm. but people don't have the time. So we're making it very, very concise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shrink it. Shrink down a piece of intel like this to the main bullet points. Yeah. The bullet, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, – I was listening to uh, uh, General Flynn's book, uh, uh-huh. Field of Fight. Yep. And he talks about how I think it was when McChrystal took over, but they're at this compound somewhere in Afghanistan. And on his first morning there, on McChrystal's first morning in charge, um, there was like a VBIED, like a you know a, right. a huge IED, and it like went off right at the gate. And uh, Flynn describes it as it felt like the whole base lifted up an inch, but uh, it showed McChrystal's, I guess dedication to being efficient kind of what you're saying though efficient with bullet points right is he said everyone got up and started like you know do we got to go to a secure you know do we got to go underground do we got mccrystal goes stop and like everyone stop running sit down and then he takes out the laser pointer and just keeps going over the bullet points he's like this is what we're doing today there's like a mushroom cloud forming on the west side of the base but it was yeah. it's kind of the same thing though right it's just halt yeah. here are the bullet points now but, go back to your daily programming. You, dude, if you've never read this book, and again, I, I've never worked with you know General McChrystal. I, I know of the man, obviously, mm-hmm. JSOC Commander, but mm-hmm. he wrote a book called Team of Teams. Okay, let me write that. Down. It is absolutely one of the best books I ever read. Um, and it's about how you know when JSOC got over to Iraq, um, how they had to change their thought and the way they did business and the way the intel came in and how fast they could get at the teams on the ground to execute and prosecute targets. And amazing book, yeah. amazing book. Yeah. One of the best books I ever read. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, I have, I've got so many chalk marks in it and, you know, highlighted pieces. There's, I probably got a hundred gold nuggets out of it. Fuck Great it. book. I just Great book. Yeah. Got um, a must read. As a matter of fact, I got this book from one of your to, people. I was about to say, let's segue. Yeah, that. I'm starting I'm to read this right here. Yeah. Claire Lopez and I went over that. Uh, yep. Yeah, the other day, Claire Lopez, for everybody listening, CIA veteran, worked for 20 years there, and is beyond knowledgeable. I love talking to her because I feel stupid talking to her. But she talked about unrestricted warfare, and she, and she, it was a, I believe it was a paper published by, it was a master's thesis published by some Chinese. Uh, two of them. Uh-huh. In the 90s, I think. Yes, and, um, 94, I believe it is. Uh-huh. And it's this whole... I mean, man, it's admirable. It's... it's You have to respect your enemy. It's it, what it is what it is. It's unrestricted warfare, right? It's like, um, you know, if you really want to turn it up a notch, you go to the NFL, we're going to exercise seven days a week. We're going to... Unrestricted warfare is like, we're going to use this untraceable Everything. HGH. Oh, yeah, dude. It's all about economic, we're gonna military, fly off the ref, propaganda, we're, every, every facet of warfare cyber warfare they're into it all yeah um it's scary stuff i i I literally just read the preface um i'm i'm gonna start reading it here soon but um but yeah it's by their own people two colonels and uh that did did the book as their thesis together a joint thesis Mm -hmm. um and so yeah it's going to be interesting reading to say the least well it's uh, to me it's interesting because i I need to read it but it seems to be a natural evolution so Let's go back to like the news, right? CNN, Fox, blah 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 blah. They're all they're all biased. They're all slanted. Well, that forms a uh, that forms a a free market response to something like your Correct. intel drops, right? That's right. So when you have uh, 
when you have a hegemon, the United States, when you have 800 plus bases all over the world, the strongest military the world's ever seen, which I love and, and adore, it's, but if you, which is human nature, to compete against it, and you're going to just Greeks, Romans, Genghis Khan, British, you, everyone wants to always surpass. Well, how are you going to surpass when you know you can't go toe to toe with the U.S. military? You're going to evolve, and just like your five-minute bullet points, just like you're evolving to go against the news, this is their evolution as far as I understand it. How do you take on a much more dominant uh, force? And it's you got to do you got to do unconventional as. Claire Lopez states, you got to do chemical warfare. Maybe you flood the border with fentanyl. Well, what would that do? Get a bunch of young people addicted. That's a bunch of people that aren't working, that aren't contributing to the GDP, which is used to fund the military. Do you use biological warfare? Do you you, you use COVID? Do you use economic warfare? Tariffs? Do you 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 use intimidation? Taiwan, Hong Kong, South China Sea. And all of the above. Yeah, or, yeah. Right? Yeah, it's, or they, they use TikTok. They use TikTok in Dallas to help foment uh riots it's is nothing is off it's unrestricted and it's right yeah it's terrifying but it's it is i gotta be honest i've never really been apprehensive about reading a book before (laughs) but uh i'm kind of scared of what's in these pages what these gentlemen wrote about but uh you know it's uh i think it's a a very good book for anyone that wants to get inside the heads of two colonels Mm -hmm. military strategists for Mm -hmm. Uh, China, who would know better than them, those gentlemen? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I mean, Stealth War by Robert Spaulding and yeah. G- General Spaulding, and yeah. um, and the Hundred Year Marathon by former Deputy Secretary of Defense Michael Pillsbury. Yeah. Those are the only two books I've ever read that were actually like unenjoyable, and right. not in that they were dense reading, in that it was like. Ooh, you know, it's one do thing. I really, when you, yeah, do I really want to keep reading? <laughs> it's like, you know, when you read about like a history of like the buildup of concentration camps, it's like when you watch a documentary about 9-11 and you, talk, right. you hear stories about people like, yeah, I showed up to work at 8.05 and the entire time you're just like, it's like a horror movie you've seen before. You're like, get out, get out, go. You know, when you read about the buildup of the concentration camps in the early 30s in Germany, you're like, you're like, flee. You're like, go, leave, leave, leave. This is that, but it's happening right now. Yes. And it's not something that you just put down and you go, huh, well, thank God that was Nazi Germany and it's not now. And it's like, nope, it's right over there. It's creeping yeah. in. It's scary stuff, dude. It is for sure. And no doubt we can we can talk for hours and hours about this. Um, but, um, you know, my, my, my closing thought on the whole thing is, you know, knowledge is power. And unfortunately, a lot of people these days kind of just got their head in the sand and like, I'm ignoring everything mm-hmm. and you know, Trump wasn't reelected. I can't do nothing about it. And I'm just gonna put my head down and the end, the end. Um, I don't think that's probably a very good tactic. Um, you know, I want to know what's going on so I can plan mm-hmm. and, you know, without good Intel, uh, accurate, viable, actionable, actionable Intel, um, what are you going to do? Yeah. You, know, you need some information. Some. Yeah. Some. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, just like I, I understand why they do unrestricted warfare. It's, I don't agree with it, but I understand their tactic. I understand why people put their head in the sand. I mean, it's nice to be anesthetized. It's nice yeah. to not look at what's going on and to just wake okay. up. To, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't, again, I don't, I don't approve it, but like, I get it. You know, it's, you know, for years after, okay, for years after, after my brother committed suicide, I just didn't examine it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to think about it. It was bad. The end. 
Right. And then when I finally did, it was that much worse. But, right. you know, or it's kind of like the Titanic. It's like everyone knows about the band that kept playing on the Titanic. Right. But, like, the engineer, the main – Thomas something, the main engineer, architect of the Titanic, he was just, like, he was last seen in, like, the main ballroom just having right. a glass of scotch. And he was like, yeah. you know, I think – he yeah. was like, he's yeah. like, I think for my next ship, and he was talking about like there could be improvements, and they were like, this dude has just checked out. Yeah, yeah, he and went down. Which is like, again, I get it, but at the same time, if you're trying to survive, it's like, no, let's jump off the ship, let's try to find a piece of driftwood. I think if we get out of the water, we won't have hypothermia. It's stand and fight, and we can we can segue that into kind of your whole the main thesis of of your book, or at least what I believe to be your thesis, and it's that you are a survivor. And it's that you're not going to give up. That's how you start the book. That's how you go into it when you're talking about killing the boar. That's how you finish it when you're talking about, like, collapse. But um, we've got into it before, so... Um, yeah. And that was Chapter 3, actually, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Was, yes. Uh, you know, the warrior mindset, mm-hmm. a, a small little incident that happened to me, um, you know, and just staying in the fight. And let me first prefaces man i have never been wounded badly ever mm-hmm. matter of fact my worst injury is probably slamming my middle finger in a hilux truck um during all of my tours um there have been better men more grievously wounded than i ever 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 thought about um and i don't want to take anything away from them but it was just i talked about it in my book because i could see um you know even with a minor, minor wound, which was minor, the, the, actual, the medic actually went in with a pair of tweezers and pulled the casing out of my <laughs> shin. That's like, he's like, here, put a bandaid on it. You know, like, get, get, you know, that kind of thing. Out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, unwad your panties and quit crying kind of thing. Yeah. But um, the whole thing is, though, it, it can quickly, you know, when kind of reality sets in, like, wow, somebody actually just shot at my ass. And, um, you know, and what had happened was a round went underneath um, – one of our vehicles and I thought that I would get and it was gravel. Mm-hmm. And so I thought possibly the round hit a piece of you know rock that hit me. Um and that's basically what I thought it was until I looked down and I saw a very small you know, like hole in my BDU bottoms and a little little drop of blood and I'm like, oh wow, I think I was actually hit with a round. But then I thought, man, there's no way that was a you know seven six two by thirty nine. And what it was was just a casing. It tore part of the casing off and the casing hit me. Anyway, um, but the whole point of that chapter and, you know, the takeaway is, you know, you got to stay in the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no timeouts. Uh, you know, I couldn't go, hey, uh, hold on a second. You know, I think I just got hit with something. Um, and, of course, your adrenaline's flowing. But it's that, war, it's that mindset, that warrior mindset. But the sad thing, Tom, is that, you know, and I'm sure you, you've talked to Dale about this, too. It's an overplayed term warrior mindset war and everybody you know kind of acknowledges that that term applies to the military or to law enforcement when in fact it don't Mm -hmm. it applies to everybody Mm -hmm. whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you know uh some dudes you know some super high-speed spec op units um it, it, it doesn't apply to just one person and it's not just aggression you know, warrior mindset, you know, it's more than that. It is being able to maintain your critical thinking skills under stress. Uh, it's being able to stay in the fight if you're injured. 
uh, and not call a timeout. Now, granted, if you're grievously wounded and you just got stitched across the chest and took, you know, four rounds center mass and one just busted your heart, you're probably not going to stay in the fight too long. <laughs> but I'm talking about, you know, nicks and wounds. You're like, oh, I'm bleeding, but you can still fight, but you don't let that, you know, uh, get into your head. We're like, wow, somebody just shot me. Um, and you can still fight. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, you know, that kind of thing. And that, that takes, um, um, I, I'll tell you from my personal experience, I got fucking mad as shit. It pissed me off. I'm like, motherfucker, like, really? Would you shoot you know, um, Yeah, it, it, I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I was mad as hell, you know, that I actually got nicked. Uh, I'm sure that is a uh, natural reaction for a lot of guys, but I was very, very lucky. But the whole thing is just staying in the fight, maintaining, you know, uh, your critical thinking skills under extreme stress, and um, there's a really good um, saying, you know, like, especially in combat, you know, you can't let the situation manage you. You manage the situation mm-hmm. because that which becomes unmanageable in combat usually turns out to be a really bad, bad situation. Yeah. So you've got to manage that situation perpetually all the time. You cannot let your guard down. And, and that's part of it, too. You know, yeah. Yeah, it's it's letting a it's letting a controlled bonfire turn into a forest fire. Start freaking! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! It's yeah. yeah. You got to keep it. You know, it's so. I said it all. I say it in my book, and I, matter of fact, I taught it in the last Wednesday course. I kept going like this. This is a thinking man's game. It don't take a whole lot to teach someone how to do this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You give me enough ammo and a range and enough time with you, and I can teach you to do this pretty darn good. Yeah, and it's really hard to teach people um, is maintaining that you know critical thinking under stress. You're not panicking, and that's one of the things I really, really noticed. You know, the last group of guys I served with, um, you know, I had a chance to work with you know a multitude of different units um british sas australian sas cag dev group um jtf2 and one of the things that like this common denominator that i saw with these guys and the unit i was in is even when things were going bad there was nobody screaming over the radios ah! there was none of that okay none of it ever i don't remember one time um anyone ever losing their cool you know and just losing their and that's that's a tough thing to do mm-hmm you know, it's your natural reaction to, to you know, yeah. uh, high stress. But um, that won't get you anywhere. Because once somebody starts screaming and yelling like that, that it's almost like a cancer. Absolutely. If it starts, you know, and I've, you know, I've, um, I've watched videos and other things, and, and it's like, yeah, that's not where you want to be. Yeah. yeah. Once your leadership starts panicking and start, you know, your team leader, assault force, team, whatever the case may be, break down. It, it's gonna, it's gonna rattle everyone. Like, damn, Tom's rattled. Well, oh, shit, better be rattled too. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's yeah, it's Mike. Mike Duran actually talks about that in his book. Um, really? Um, not obvi- there's obviously there's a book Black Hawk Down, but his book in the Company of Heroes, which is like you wouldn't know it's the same. They're talking about the same scenario. They're completely polar opposite versions of the same event it's crazy one is like this his is this very like slow read almost philosophical take on it the other is like your rambo and then we tag this guy and then we tag that guy his you wouldn't know it's about mogadishu but but he does talk about when uh gary gordon and randy sugar the two delta force snipers that posthumously received the medal of honor for defending his black hawk um he talks about how the way he describes them, I mean, I don't think 
he could put I don't think he was trying to do this but he couldn't make him or sound more badass but what he does is he describes him he goes those two showed up and he goes like they he says it's like like they were like a gay couple or something it's just two guys he goes like they're going for a walk on a Sunday afternoon in a park they show up and they're like Mike how you doing you know he's like I think my back's broken and he goes I think his words were and as if there's no particular rush like they were scanning like their backyard for oh we should put a patio there he says like Sugar had his hands on his hips and uh Gordon's pointing around and he goes what they're pointing at is like fields of fire but he goes right. you'd think that they're walking in Central Park on an autumn evening just going yeah look over there look he goes but like they were just like bleeding cool it was yes. like Fonzie or Elvis they were just like there's bullets whizzing by and they're like so we're gonna go there we're gonna go there then he looks at mike and he's like all right so we're gonna put you over here and just nonchalantly and we're gonna fight off this entire city of somalis but just but he said that had such an effect on him because there's this leadership that comes in shits everyone else in the chopper's dead it's face planted in the middle of a city and everything's deteriorating, and they show up, and they're like, "How you doing, Mike?" And they're like, oh, "Let's go there. Let's go there. Let's go there." Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, let's do that. As if the next thing they're gonna say is, "Oh, we've got a great dinner back home." Like, but yeah, but yeah, but that's what. But that's kind of what you're saying. I understand is, those people that are listening. Look, those guys were highly seasoned, uh, highly experienced operators. That wasn't their first rodeo. No. Um, and that's not the way anyone's going to be in a situation, especially like in Mogadishu. I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I had to work with two guys that were there. Uh-huh. Um, and and they were, these were, matter of fact, the dude that I ended up doing that E&E with. Well, that's what I was, yeah. He was one of the dudes that was there. And the entire time that we were on the run, he was just like, matter of fact, we put that round in your yeah. pocket. Well, that's How much what- it's it, it's it's a very dude. It's almost like you're at a business meeting. It's just like it's business. It's like you're not getting emotional. I can't remember what philosopher who said this. I don't know if it was Sun Tzu, but controlling your emotions is like the ultimate accomplishment for a human being. Like yeah. if you can overcome your emotions, uh, which is very difficult, you have ascended to a very high level mm-hmm. when you're able to just. Yeah, he's like it, you know. He's like a king can conquer a thousand armies, but a lord can conquer himself. Yep, and it's, there you go, something like that. I figured, yeah, it's it's difficult, guys. You know, it's it sounds easy, but when when your adrenaline's pumping and you know people are dying, you know, in that situation and people were dying, um, that's just a, a, a testament to not only having the right guys for the right job, obviously, but just the sheer. Um, fact that how units like that train and you know they train right to the edge and try to make it as realistic as possible because when it does happen mm-hmm. you're gonna you're going to fight just like you've been trained mm-hmm. you know like 99.9 percent like there may be a little thing but if you if you train like you're gonna fight and i talk about that in a wetsy course why are we doing this why am i making you suffer right now a little bit and I made them suffer uh, the first morning. They suffered. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. But through the man and the woman, they were like, wow. Like, yep, sure looks different on TV. I'm like, yep, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Amazing what a camera can do. And, you know, uh, this sucks. Mm-hmm. And you're at about a nine. Um, so, but yeah, you, you've got to, uh, and I talk about that in the book. You know, you've got to train uh, like you're going to uh, fight. And, 
Um, I was very fortunate being in the unit I was in where they had an unlimited budget. And, mm-hmm. You know, I pretty much if they wanted me to learn how to play basketball, they would have hired Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So, a lot of people, you know, even regular soft guys, you know, SF and SEAL team guys, I mean, they get great training. But when you have a budget like that, um, uh, where like someone's knocking, go, how much is that going to cost to go train with so and so? I'll just go ahead. It's just, the, yeah. The car, yeah, don't even make an eye. The it, card swipes. Go. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah and so, but uh, yeah, but that, the third chapter of my book was basically about that incident and, and just staying focused and um, and not getting rattled. And again, guys, I was you've probably cut yourself worse shaving than I was bleeding. Okay. So it was just it was just it it pissed me off that I actually got close to being shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that actually refocused me more than anything else. It just upset me mm-hmm. that one of the bad guys actually almost got me. Mm-hmm. You know? Um and I don't talk about it in the book, but I was in Iraq in a cab. Uh, we were doing things, uh, a lot of cabs over there. So we used cabs, drive around and whatnot. And I was sitting in the back seat one day. It was one of my buddies driving, dude up front, and I was sitting behind the passenger. And we were driving through the Karate district of uh, Baghdad, which was one of the crappier places, um, heading towards, we were heading towards the airport, actually. And, um, heard one run boom go off and i looked down at the door i heard something hit the door and i looked and there was a little hole with a little puff of smoke coming out of it like and it went right through the door and it missed my vest and dude it was yeah i mean it missed me it actually nicked the front of my mad uh, uh m4 mags and then i had pistol mags in front of them and it actually nicked but my, as a matter of fact i have the magazine yeah i mean it was that close if we'd have been driving a half a mile an hour faster <laughs> It would have been a through-and-through shot. Those are the kind of things that will even rattle your cage even more because you didn't get hurt. But if you were you know, either standing a little bit before this way or moving, you would have been dead. Yeah. At least for me, that's the stuff that I thought about later. Mm-hmm. You know, After the adrenaline kind of wears off, you're like, holy shit, if I'd have been standing two feet to my right. Yeah. Lights out. Yeah. Yeah, game over. Round hit the wall. Like I remember round hitting a wall. <laughs> Literally... It, it would have probably hit me right at the tip of the nose, dude. It was like Jesus. right. I just looked at pow, and I thought, man, if I was just standing, done. Uh, oh yeah, I would have been all done. But, but again, and, that, and that's just a learning point. Is you know, staying focused during that is difficult. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, man. I certainly wasn't the most experienced guy out there, and, and my my ability to deal with it was going up as it happened. You mm-hmm. know, and it doesn't happen every day. Obviously, I mean, yeah. you hit a target, there's a dry hole, nothing happens, and you leave and, you know, whatever. But as those events happen to you, um, you kind of just file them away in your tactical toolbox. And, and that's where, you know, this whole ODA loop comes in when you, when you observe, orient, decide to do something. Your brain goes back to, oh, this has happened before, and this is how you're going to act. Mm-hmm. It cycles through your little Rolodex, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's all... It gets into it gets into some crazy psychology that you know. It's it's um, it's well. One I was going to say real quick. We we touched on Gary Gordon and Randy Sugart. Obviously, those guys are. I mean, they're the Olympics of dealing with that. But I think I think the general lesson still stands, and it's it's no no one's going to benefit whether you're 
flustered because you had a different interviewer at your job at Walmart or whether you're in downtown Mogadishu, it's the same. But point is, is um, I was going to say, yeah, the that, that loop of training. Um, when the when the Patriots, fuck, who do they play? When they played the Seahawks, I think, in like 2014 or 15 or something, the Patriots won on basically the last play of the Super Bowl. Uh, the Seahawks could have just run it in, but what happened was is one of the Patriots intercepted it on like the half yard line and it was it happened so quick and you look at and at first it seems like it's this fluke you're like how the how did he manage to intercept it on the goal line in the fourth quarter of the super bowl and it's just this whole absurd but you go back in and you can see like interviews with them like the months after that's just one of the plays that they had trained so many times where it's you're not looking at it over in the super bowl we're about to lose it's just, hey, if he decides, if you, if you, he does A, I'm doing B. You see the quarterback go here, and all of a sudden the running back doesn't run. That means right. that you just have to. It's it's subconscious. That means you're going to take three steps to the left, and and then it's basically the ball just lands on you, and it's and so it's not. Oh, I intercepted it in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. It's just that's something you've yeah. done in scrimmage a million times. It's a reflex, right? It's it's what it's you, yeah. It's the same exact thing. There's yeah. no difference. Yeah. It's yeah. No difference. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, and that's why I love when I train. I mean, I, I, I love training people because um, I've got a passion for it. And when we like this last Wetsy course, I, I guarantee you, if you interviewed any of these people um, and I had two prior military guys um, in it and they even said, um, I've never received so much information, realistic training in three days. I did my entire career in the military. Jesus Christ. I really tried to make every aspect of it as real as possible so they could reflect back on it, you know, and regurgitate that. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. And you reinforced and I, and we did, we reinforced some of the, uh, learning, um, objectives with pain, mm-hmm. obviously not, you know, intolerable pain, but uncomfortable because one of the things I told them was you have to be become, you have to become comfortable, comfortable with being uncomfortable mm-hmm. and doesn't mean you gotta like it. It sucks, but there's, there's a tolerance factor that you have to build into yourself. And the only way you do that is by doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh you gotta do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh... you gotta do it. like, I, and I told them this when I, when I go to the gym, I work out, I lift, I'll go straight from the, from the, um, uh, lifting area straight into the um, into the shower. Take an ice cold, cold, cold out shower. Go swim, and when I get out, I go sit in a sauna, nice and warm. Right, I got my drink. I'm sweating. I get out. I'm nice and hot. Right into an ice cold shower. Why? Because it sucks. Yeah, yeah. It sucks. Yeah. It don't feel good. Yeah. And that is just one little thing that I do just to try to maintain that. For lack of a better word, that hard edge. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that you know, um, just like going for a run in the rain, you know, or, or like the other day it was raining here, and I just went outside for a while, just walked around out in the rain, just got soaked. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. No, it's you. You did. sucks. No, you you. But it's you know we see it with like muscle, right? You work out, and then eventually, as that dumbbell becomes easier to curl, you bump it That's up, right. and then you, it hurts, sucks for a while. But what happens is, whereas in your mind it may seem like, why am I going through pain every day? Well, the reality is, is as a year goes by, all of a sudden you can now lift fifty pounds instead of ten pounds. That's right. Well, when you take that 
that's a physiological example, but if you convert it to a mental example, well, the thing that happens is as you put yourself through this pain every day, when the real world comes knocking and someone dies or you lose your job or whatever, someone breaks into your house, okay, you're trained for this. And it's kind of the Oda loop. You're, you're like, okay, you know, it's sit with the pain. Don't freak out. Don't run away. Just, okay, let's sit with it. Let's examine it. Okay, I'm not dead, which means I can still win this thing, right? And we and that was that was the over overriding point when I designed Wetsy, uh, the Warriors Edge training course was, you know, I have three days with these people, and I will tell you, dude, the days were long, long, fourteen hours every day. These people were dragging ass, mm-hmm. you know. Got the bed late, woke up early. Um, but that is how I could fit so much um, uh, content mm-hmm. into the course because it wasn't eight hour training days, it was 14. Mm-hmm. So, um, but one of the overriding points was just realism uh, and burning into them. You know, uh, what you see on TV isn't the way it is in real life. Yeah, you know? real. Um, whether it's getting into a high intensity armed confrontation and using a knife or a gun. Um, you know, all the, all the things that go along with it and the psych, the psychology that goes along with it and what you're going to be feeling, uh, what the adrenaline is going to do to you. All of this was simulated. Like it, we, it wasn't just me going blah, 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 blah. We were actually in the weeds with this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, they were like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. Yeah. yeah. And then, then I would say, you see how you're feeling right now? This isn't where you want to be. No. You know, th- this isn't where you want to be. So that reinforces that particular module with a little bit of pain, a mm-hmm. little bit of uh, yeah. like you know, that kind of sucked, you know, Those and it worked, man. I'm telling you, you should see some of the reviews we got. It's unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, the reviews we had each person fill out. He actually had a, a little a testimony. Yeah. And um, but uh, but getting back to the book, I mean, the main thing is the, the chapter three was all just about that particular incident and talking about, you know, the warrior mindset and what what I have seen actually, Tom, more so not just with myself, but other guys that I've worked with, you know, guys like Dale, like, you know, what what are their what are their you know, thoughts on the warrior mindset. And they'll tell you the same thing. It's not just about beating the dog shit out of somebody. He'll probably tell you the same exact thing I just said. It's all about critical thinking skills under pressure and being able to focus under pressure. And, um, and you know, I, I remember one of the, I remember a long time ago is that you don't just stand there, right? When things are going bad, do something. Yeah. Pull security, do something, but don't just stand there. And unfortunately, when the crap is hitting the fan, you know, you're going to get that fight, flight, or freeze syndrome. And it's probably going to be freeze because people aren't trained to run to the sounds of the gun mm-hmm. unless you are trained to do that, which takes years. Uh, and you're either going to run or just stand there with your mouth hanging open like, oh, and that's not where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Do something. And yeah. that all has to do with maintaining your your cool and um and, and your critical thinking skills and because uh, we know and you know as as I do like during the fog of war or any high intensity situation um your brain sh- starts to short circuit mm-hmm. right you're taking in so much information uh it's like the RAM in your computer is Just like oh, Matt, yeah that's it. Like you were saying, I, that's the stuff that you got to be very aware of and beware of that. Because when you max 
that's not the RAM in your computer. That's when you start getting tunnel vision, auditory exclusion, you know, tachycardia, everything just goes mm-hmm. and now you're, you've taken yourself from a, a, a posture of this to being able to protect yourself and your guys to this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's all part of the warrior mindset. Dude. It's a multifaceted, multi-pronged thing. It's just not just kick ass, man. Just kick ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say is, and it seems to be that that's the, you know, it's the, those who suffer, remember, I was going to say with your course, uh, and I know I said it only keep you for 40 minutes. So we'll wrap this up. But what you said about, um, you know, anyone can do this. Anyone, you can teach anyone to shoot. You can be illiterate and you can, you can teach me how to hit a target. That's fine. So then, you know, the question comes, well, what's the takeaway from the course? You know, I'm not going to go be in some tier one fast spec ops. And I think it's what you're saying is, it's what you take, you know, whether it's going to the gym and getting in a cold shower, whether it's being in Mogadishu, whether it's freaking out during a calculus test because you're trying to get into med school. The yeah. entire takeaway is, is no, you're probably never going to be in this situation, but it's that level headed. Uh, OK, yeah. OK, the, the bonfire is turning into a forest fire. OK, we have contingency plans. OK, and exactly what you just did is taking that breath, you know, combat yeah. breathing, big breath through the nose on the range. Halfway out, so yeah. the heart rate. That's all part of it, and yeah. you're absolutely right, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Well, fuck yeah. I said I wouldn't keep you over, so I won't. But uh, loan operator, I'll put it in the description in the top comment. I'll also um, give me a link so I can put up uh, where people can go sign up for Wetsy if they're interested. Yeah, I'll e- I'll email you. Okay. For sure. Okay. Yep. Well, and um, you're done. I'll send you an email. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, we'll keep it a mystery, but uh, to be determined for. Uh, for ne- next week's next week's activities, there's going to be some. Yes, sir. Uh, probably won't be uploaded for a while. Uh, after that. We don't want to give the cat away yet, but uh, I'm sure there'll be some good uh, photos and um, video. It'll be exciting. But, yes, sir. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> as always, my friend, I love you, brother. Yes, sir. Thanks love for coming on, and um, yeah, till next time. I'll see you, man. Thanks, Tom. Take care. God bless. Bye, man. Peace.